fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. I honestly did not think that I would get to see the hand of the writer actually on screen, but I got to see the actual hand of the writer on screen. It was such a beautiful moment. I have I have never loved a moment of The Walking Dead more for its blatant obviousness. Well, was, yeah. everything was very convenient and then also not. It depends on who you're rooting for. <laughs> I um I am glad we got to see that the Commonwealth could put up just the smallest amount of fight. Honestly, <laughs> our guys, Team Zombie has been a running, uh, running circles around uh these people for months and it was really nice to see uh them you know get one just like you know just a little one little one a tiny one they shot a baby that baby's not gonna die there's no way this show's gonna kill that baby <laughs> uh and you know but we digress because what are we doing I have no idea anymore. I just don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say the show has broke me because it can't. I was broken long before this show, but this is the Zompocalypse Now podcast, and we are discussing the episode Family, which is the 23rd episode of the 11th season of The Moon in the Seventh House of The Walking Dead. And this is the second to last episode in this main The Walking Dead show prior to our growing number of spinoffs. Um, lots of moments where they had great speeches that would really imply that certain characters are not going to survive at the end of the show, except we know they're going to live because right. they have their own shows. Um, yeah, and you know what? Ever since you said the other day about how uh, was it Norman Reedus or was it uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who Jeffrey was like, Morgan. Yeah. got in trouble for telling, for saying AMC should never have announced these spinoffs as early as they did. There's a trailer for the the City of the Dead, the Negan and Maggie spinoff out mm. there yeah. that we have not seen. But it's like, you know, I totally agree because it's so, it's so this arc makes it seem like this is the end of the, the end of the vegan redemption is going to be him really sacrificing himself. Oh yeah. There's this great scene. For the I, I, actually, good. I actually really liked the scene between him and the scene between him and Ezekiel, where he's basically saying, I'm about to die and I know it. Except he's not. Mm -hmm. Let's start at the beginning. Which is in the newly re um, 
re-liberated Alexandria, where everybody's getting ready to kind of make a, a an assault on the Commonwealth. Now, before we dive into he- this, before we dive into this, we do have to mention that if you have never joined the show before, the voices that you are hearing belong mm. to me, Timothy Harvey. And I'm Dustin. And I'm Curtis. I'd be amazed your, if you give a shit. We <laughs> are your hosts in this mad final stretch to the end of the show. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. It is a mad final stretch, isn't it? It's like they've got a lot to. Uh, it's it's this the last episode is going to be pretty t- pretty uh, packed. Well, it is a longer I episode. Don't, yeah, well, it's going to have to be because they've got to fi- finish whatever they're doing with the Commonwealth. Reintroduce Rick, um, set up all these spinoffs, and give you know the where are they now on all the characters, like the end of of uh, fucking Six Feet Under, yeah, Animal House, Animal House is what I was, <laughs> yeah, either one. No, Maybe I wanted to be like Animal House, Judith, where is- it's like. Judith works in the Commonwealth meatpacking plant, and <laughs> Norman Reedus became a senator. Negan is a certified public accountant. <laughs> if they did, if they were ballsy enough to do that, well, no, but see, the problem is, is Maggie that- works at the convenience store, and she's angry all the time. We can't go too much in the future because we have these spinoffs, right? So you can't lock in, like in the comic, the final issue of, of the comic really was a leap into the far future. It was all these, yeah, it was like set 20 years up. in the future. Yeah, and it was, it was, you know, the way the world, how all the good things happened, right? I mean, how, how everything was resolved. And you can do that when you end a comic mm-hmm. book run that doesn't have spinoffs or has spinoffs that are take place prior to the end of the series. Here, we know that the story continues. So if it ends with and the story right. continues, I am. Well, I'm going to be disappointed, but it's what they're doing. Or you decide the ending. <laughs> I remember when I was in when I was in school, somebody uh, didn't. You could always tell when somebody didn't finish their fucking writing assignment because they'd read the whole thing. What happens? You decide. And I was always bullshit. You lazy cunt. I would pay good money to see them give us the clue ending. <laughs> <laughs> or did it happen like this? The governor won. Yeah. Oh no! Or did it happen like this? The governor was put in prison. That would be that would be glorious. It's not going to happen, but it'd be glorious. But we do have we do have Judith whining, whining that yeah, come I don't get to go because my parents, you know. Oh my god! This is the dumbest possible moment of this episode. It's the worst. You know why they're doing this? I have to go conversation of this of the episode. Well, you know it. Uh, you know why they they've had these introductions because they've needed to have her around because she's an important character to the show. 
but that kid has hit a growth spurt you can tell she's like she started off like shorter you like like coming up to maybe norman reedus's waist and in this episode when she tackled him out of the way it was she was at his shoulders well that was a stunt stunt person well yes but Uh, you know they couldn't find a child stunt person so they had to get a short adult stunt person who was clearly built like a brick shithouse because she totally wiped Negan out. It was awesome. He was like, whoa, but she, you know, well, we'll anyway, get to it. We'll so get let's, to- let's restart over. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Um, so it starts off with Judith giving her, uh, her little, um, monologue at the beginning about how they're fighting for something real they're fighting for a future or whatever as everybody all of the ensemble is in this montage and they're all getting their weapons and they're going out for their fighting fightingness we had a weapon uh, montage remember this weapon it killed this zombie remember this weapon it killed that one it was kind of i was like okay cool uh, so the people at the at, at uh, uh, reclaimed Alexandria are getting ready to go and ass- do an assault on the Commonwealth, and the idea is if they can get in and like have all these people with them that are like, "Hey, we were disappeared by the government," then they might be able to overthrow Pamela. That's relatively peacefully. Relative- relatively peacefully. That's. That's the idea that Mercer has floated to Princess. Uh, As we get there, we have a couple of different scenes with a couple of different people. Uh, uh, Mainly with Negan, where one of them, Negan and and Maggie, Negan comes up to Maggie and he's like, you know that this is not going to work. As long as she is alive, we are going to be in danger from her. And he's like, me and you, let's just go in there and take care of her because you understand, the, like I do, that she is always going to be a liability if we let her live. And Maggie does not disagree, but she also kind of does not, does not go in with this plan with him. The, the work that the writers have done on these two characters to kind of bring them to a uh, to a place of like be- begrudging mutual respect is real has been really really good I think because oh. I didn't my my thing of her I did not think I hate when she was talking to him I hate you I'm not going to ever trust you again no I think that what I heard from her was no we're not going to we're not going to do it this way this time well she definitely said it's we're not a we or something like that. Yeah. And I think you're right, but that scene happened later in the episode. No, even when she was doing that, it wasn't, I hate you, you know, it was, like, no, we're not doing that. Yep, there is no we, bud. Yeah. But and so uh, then that kind of dovetails into the conversation we're talking about earlier where Ezekiel and Negan are having a conversation about like where Negan thanks him for stepping up and kind of starting that rebellion uh to save him 
from being shot by the firing squad the episode before. And that was another one of those, like, I, you know, I don't think we're not friends. We're never going to be friends. But I don't, you know, seeing you, it made, I realized, essentially, Ezekiel says, I realized that seeing you dead is not going to bring back the people I lost. And I'd rather you die for something that means something. This happens on the train that no yeah. one knows how to drive or stop. Well, they mentioned that well, somebody somebody knows how to drive the train. It's a throwaway line. It's like, yeah. So we would bitch about it, probably. <laughs> but here's okay. All right. Here's the thing. I've heard more than one conductor say, "It's pretty easy. You press this button, you push this lever, and then when you're ready to stop, you press this button and you pull the lever." Yeah, it's pretty easy. But so I mean I'm sure that they could have figured like like somebody could have gone in there and figured it out. I'm not you know I'm not too worried about. We don't need to introduce. Hello, I'm Bethany. I drive the trade. They oh. let Bethany get off of being script supervisor to drive the train. Well, like Bethany. that that one lady have that one line. Here you go, Maggie. That was Bethany. <laughs> that was Bethany. She's driving yeah. the train. Okay. right Fair that's enough. how we spent so much time with her Fair enough. Oh, uh, so you know bad. you know i i have been listening i told you i've been kind of going back and listening to our episodes mm -hmm. i feel like consistently i have called the script supervisor on the show bethany i think that's like i've said i i because they're all because she's always coming up like hey you guys, should we do that? Like, uh, this is not. And then they say, "Shut up, Bethany." <laughs> I think I've said Bethany like six or seven times over the two hundred and fifty episodes we've done this show. <laughs> two hundred and fifty episodes. More than of this show episodes. We should have a party. Anyway, so we're I'm I'm digressing. Um. So anyway, uh. The next big conversation on the train is, is uh, oh, oh, we forgot to mention, Maggie did hear all the Ezekiel and uh, all the stuff Ezekiel and Negan were saying to each other. And then may, again, it's another moment of like, maybe I respect him a little more. Maybe I really do understand him. Well, he, oh. he admits that, you know, just one time in his life, he wanted to do something right. He tried to save you all because what he's basically what he says is i i wanted to save you all because you're better than me and, and don't I, think i don't know it don't think i don't know that you're better than me that's when we cut to maggie that's when we see her after he said don't you know don't think i don't know that you're all better than me and 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 then it goes into uh judith who has bullied her way on this mission by talking about all her dead family members and, and I would just like to say that as a parent, um, Daryl and Carol should be ashamed of themselves because they should have looked at her and went, let me explain the height and strength discrepancy that you are currently working <laughs> under. And if we're, if, if we're trying to build the future, we don't take the children into combat. Well, okay, but here's the thing. We're introduced to this iteration of Judith. She is alone 
outside Alexandria hunting walkers by herself. Here, it's an incredibly dumb thing for them to do, and it only exists so that a certain scene can happen later in the show. It is right. the That's only reason true. she's on this mission is so that a certain scene later in the show can happen. Daryl and Carol and Judith talk about, you know, I haven't talked to my mom. I wonder if my mom's still alive. You know, they, and you know, my brother, I wish I could remember my brother, but we're fighting for the future. And, and I don't want to say it's a bad scene. <laughs> and I don't, because I didn't, I did like it. I liked the way that it would, but it just felt very much like, here is the future. She only knows how to look towards the future. And right. they only know how to look, you know, like I didn't. It was a, a scene. Like it. There, it. It was a scene that like a lot of other scenes in this episode was we have to have this moment. So let's make sure it happens here. Right. I mean, there was just a, it's another right. scene to sit there. And, and and because of the later scene, which we will come to, it's like all these scenes where the we're giving these people these moments where it's like oh, they could they could die. A bad thing could happen to them. It's it's just a technical device that they used to say, you know, on the other side of this, Daryl says, on the other side of this, I'll tell you every story that I ever knew about everyone who loved you. And that's like an oh moment so that we can have a more mo emotional reaction to the oh fuck moment that happens later yeah it's all very manipulative <laughs> it is and right. that's what writers do we shouldn't complain about their job when they do it right and this was done right yeah um but it's just so clunky it felt so clunky it is a clunky motherfucker no. it's a clunker of a scene <laughs> uh so you know and if if this show doesn't end with Judith reuniting with Rick and Michonne, I don't it's know not, what I'm they're not coming do. back. It, Those it, guys it, ain't coming back. If they come back, it would be it, it's like okay. So let me do. Oh, I hate myself for this, but let me do a sports analogy. Oh yeah, I'm going to do a sports analogy. Say you have a football team. And the first game of the season, your your star quarterback gets bitten by a zombie and has to have a foot removed or something. Okay? As as happens on far too regular a basis in pro Look, sports. I'm trying to make it relatable to our, our listener. Um, <laughs> so they're out. That that star quarterback is out for almost the entire season getting used to his new foot prosthetic. Well, well, the I don't know, the stupid bowl happens and uh he's all better now. So the guy that got him to the Super Bowl, now he's out of the fucking game so that so that Mr. Ego can come back. And this is what would it would be if Rick and Michonne came back, you motherfuckers didn't get us here. We aren't interested in your contribution. I'm not. I. They need to stay gone as far as I'm concerned. Why would they be back? They should have come back six episodes ago. They are. We are not going to get a reunion between Judith and, and Rick and Michonne because we have the Rick and Michonne miniseries. 
that's where our reunion was right god i just want to chew on some gunmetal right now because what the fuck <laughs> andrew Lincoln is this the time is this the time of the episode where we list the myriad of spinoffs that are coming that no, are we coming that. towards we, us we, we, we've uh, done it we've like, done but it. we do it every episode I know. I, yeah. I like it. I like that we do it every episode. Okay, so so because because, because you know, Dustin requested it. List them almost like it's a prayer. Jesus Christ! Okay, do our free because bird. Dustin go. requested it. We have the Rick and Michonne Comedy Hour miniseries, which six appear, episodes, which is going to reunite Rick and Michonne. Somehow, we have uh, the Negan and Maggie. It better have a CGI version of Charles Nelson Riley in it, or I'm not fucking interested. <laughs> I may have some bad news. We have the we have the uh, <laughs> we have Negan and Maggie take Manhattan. No where, Muppets, no where, Muppets where, so fucking ever. Look, this is the only way you can afford a Broadway show at this point. All right, so Jesus they're gonna Christ. get there, and they're gonna wait see, for that. They are gonna see Cats, goddammit. and <laughs> we'll go we'll go to New York and do a double bill of of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child and The Walking Dead, the musical. <laughs> the dead musical Fuck uh, we've got life. we've got daryl's european vacation <laughs> um, Bonjour, Paris. It is I, where daryl has to sit there and decide does he in fact like wine and cheese <laughs> uh, it's gonna be very important then i think we're getting like another beer and blow that dude we know <laughs> i think we're getting another uh season of tales of the walking dead yeah, I have heard that we that Walking Dead World Beyond that story is going to continue somehow. Back when back when it was supposed to be three Rick movies, the the characters from World Beyond were supposed to play a big part in the three Rick movies, and they might still. That anyway. would have been awful. And there are at least a couple of other rumored series that we don't have details on yet but apparently there's talks to have more this is all complicated by the way that the folks who produce who who the 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 folks you know the folks at the top are suing amc again so who knows what's gonna happen yeah who, who knows who knows you know what i fucking hate it when uh when people make movies and tv shows for test audiences because and they do things because their test audience thought it was a good idea. Mm. Uh, the Willow series is going to be a good example of that, I think. Um, oh no, I can't wait! Oh my god, I I saw that it's streaming now, and I'm just like, yes, everything that makes me me is in that show. Oh, I'm so excited, yeah, Curtis. You're, you're Curtis, the test audience. You should have never want. even. I am the target audience for that shit you Curtis. absolutely are you absolutely I, are <laughs> that's great, i'm though. not yet i'm um, looking forward to i i see when i first saw uh uh some there was a fantasy series a robert jordan series on on uh prime i watched the time uh, yeah yeah i watched the first 45 minutes of the first episode and i was like fuck this shit and then, like six months later, I watched the I rest of it because it was fucking great, and that's what I want to have happen with Willow. Only I'm gonna. I've heard that. On. I've heard that Man in a High Tower was really, really good. I never got a chance to watch any of that. 
I watched um, the first season and it was really good and I have not seen anything but the first season. But any, but that's but this is what anyway. this is the world we live in now. We, we I mean just fucking AMC's just pandering to its lowest possible denominator because they could tell a story and get out and that would be respectable. But they fucking just can't help themselves they're just fucking engorging on 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 the suffering of these characters and uh. oh well no, I, I mean the, the walking dead is is zombie porn i mean it it really is I'll, but i'll be honest that's gonna be a new zombie superpower in uh in the city the city of the dead zombie uh, porn zombie porn Honestly, though, I, I I admit it. I am looking forward to Negan and Maggie take Manhattan because I do I'm like intrigued. both those actors. I'm intrigued I, because New York seems like the dumbest fucking place that anyone would go in a, well, in, a in a post-apocalyptic scenario. I mean, it's an island, guys. It's should there be anyone alive on it at this point? I don't care. I don't care. Well, if it's not completely and totally flooded, is going to be that. Yeah, that's thing. another thing is that it should be flooded. But yeah, we'll we'll it. see what happens. Right? It's be called New Venice. <laughs> okay, so we've totally just like flown off the handle. So, um, so the train gets to. <laughs> still on the first story so the train gets to the commonwealth and this is where it dovetails into story number two which is mercer trying to get like trying to like still be a cop but also join this resistance movement uh under pamela's nose uh which is uh not my favorite thing he's the worst uh for a couple of right he's too obvious like Mm -hmm. so so mercer talks to princess or no mercer uh and eugene and yumiko and max have a conversation in uh like a safe house apartment where mercer's like i'm gonna go you know we're gotta get these people here they're they're witnesses we can, I'll have a legal course to, to arrest uh, Pamela because of these people that are coming from uh, Alexandria. So when we, they get here, I can, if I can get them in, we can do this bloodless coup essentially. And, or, you know, dem, dem, you know, like get her out of office. So, but unbeknownst to him, Pamela has, ordered uh, i guess she does this on a regular basis orders people to go and pull some walkers to come and like bump at the gates so that they can call a lockdown and end all these protests that have started up against her uh but what she doesn't know is that walkers are starting to develop superpowers and it's going to cause a problem in a minute and it once again demonstrates that despite the fact we were supposed to have thousands and thousands and thousands of people in this town, they have like five soldiers. There's right. just like there's like five. 
And that dovetails into story number three, which is Aaron and Lydia and Jerry. And, and that guy who wore a mask that we thought was going to be a total badass, but turned into a complete pussy. Uh, I would and, like to point out uh, that, that up guy, until this point, Dustin had actually named the characters correctly. This is a rare moment, folks. I would <laughs> like you to note the date and time because it probably won't happen again. Yeah, we'll probably have a little apple dumpling do something later. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, maybe maybe the, the, the weed I smoked before this is making me, it's like fixed my brain. I, I think it know. fixed my ear. <laughs> Governor Annie Lennox is is still pulling her little strings. There we go. That was another. She's one. losing it though. Yeah. She's um. Losing. So anyway, yeah, because because she okay. Uh, here is here is one of the things that I one of the main things that thinks that she can still play this, and it's becoming it's becoming completely obvious that she is losing control of this situation, has lost control of this situation, and I just think it's you know funny like that they're still trying, you know, that she's still trying to like. Well, it's worked before. Right. She's basically been able to gaslight all of these people. Part of it under the, we're protecting you from the undead. Part of it is, is she's been in power so long. It's inertia, right? That, you know, every she's, she's used to winning and she's had certain tools that she doesn't actually have available to her anymore. One of which, you know, was Lance. Was Lance. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so she, Mercer is trying to like subvert the system from within. And, but the governor is really starting to become suspicious of him. So she tells, uh, they're, I guess, second in command to watch him. Uh, and the second in command, this is one of the things that I don't like about the, that I don't like about this particular storyline. The second in command is a middle-aged black woman. And I, for no reason, there is unbelievable to me completely that a middle-aged black woman is going to be, well, yes, ma'am, Miss Pamela. I'm on your side completely. Because she doesn't, he, she does not question her one second. Well, she does in, at the wrong moment, or I, I guess at the right moment, but it's way too late. Yeah. But there's I, no way. There's, I do I, not believe it for a second. As I'm looking at this character, one thing that kept I kept really noticing, you know, the neck things the, the soldiers wear to protect their necks. Uh huh. Her armor doesn't fit her at all, and it got more and more obvious because her neck thing is down here. Her neck is completely exposed. She, I'm, well, I'm looking she's at second story. in command. She's never going to be in any real danger. Mm, I don't think Mercer. I I don't think Mercer would let there be a second in command who he did not have on the field 
that seems really unlikely to me, even with well, Pamela. Isn't it convenient that this is actually the first time ever hearing that there was a second in command? Yeah, this lady oh, yeah. So, yeah. shows up for the very first time to be sneaky and snitch on Mercer. Yeah. Uh, She's never just... had a part in this show. What's so fucking out? Right. <laughs> anyway, so so Mercer, like the people from the train arrive at the place where Mercer is supposed to let them in and there's guards there. So Mercer calls the guards away. And the way that they're called away is like the most convenient things are convenient. Like, you know, it's, do you remember, remember when in Fear the Walking Dead, they had that exposition lady that was with the cult who like would just walk up like she was with the cult people on the another like the boat island like their, their boat settlement thing mm-hmm. and she would just walk up and she would say stuff like the people are at the thing and we need to go to there to do that and then she would leave and then she'd come back later and like say another just like completely expository thing that is the voice that comes through the radio to call these soldiers away it's like, hey, you guys, you have to leave your post and go over to this place to do this thing. Oh, yeah. Why is that voice on the other end of the radio? Fuck you. That's why. Just do it. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Well, well, then 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 uh, Governor Annie Lennox hears that those guys have been pulled because her her little lackey there tells her all about it. And uh, she's like, I'm sure that Mercer has his reasons for doing that. And so instead of, you know, showing her hand, she she sends her little fucking secret service minions to go stake out the place where she thinks they're going to come in. And, you know, she's right. That's how they get in. In fairness to Pamela, I'm sure that Lance at some point sat there and went, there's this tunnel and it goes from out here to here. I mean, you know, she's she's a smart enough villain, even though she's losing it at this point, that it, that does not surprise me. Always civic minded lady. But before we get to that scene, we have to talk about the m- less than bright actions of uh, our folks out in the field, literally out in the field. Oh, right. This is so stupid. So Aaron, Aaron and Lydia and uh jerry and those people that guy that was in uh, fantastical beasts and his girlfriend they're all still with the walkers and the walkers getting herded towards uh not alexandria the commonwealth wait that guy was in fantastical beasts yes he was in fantastical beasts and where to find them both of those movies i love that guy i didn't put that together Oh, great. That's why he was gone for so long is because he was making a Fastical Beast movie. <laughs> wow. I thought he was just another another refrigerated character. Probably, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, they keep trying to escape and every time they try to escape, another soldier appears. And so they're like, fuck this in their little whisper voice because remember Lydia is the crown princess of the whisperers spent her whole life in the woods doing this walking around with the dead thing remember she's real good at it Lydia Lydia is the one who spent her whole life living in walker hordes her whole life there 
they finally get to a point where they can get uh, into like an RV. And I thought it was really cute that they were taking refuge in an RV. It's a very funny callback to season one. Yeah. That, you know, now we're going to get into this RV. I thought that was funny. Anyway, so, <laughs> so Aaron and Jerry get in pretty easily. But uh, Fantastical Beasts and his girlfriend, they can't get to the door. Like, she can't get through the door and he's not going to leave her. So he goes with her. And so then Lydia gets in and uh, that guy who wore a mask that we thought was going to be a real badass but turned into a total pussy. Yeah, uh, he can't he can't get in. And instead of being like, just circle around the RV and try it again, buddy. Lydia reaches out and grabs him and cries and tries to pull him in and gets her ass bitten by a walker. Now, we haven't had one of our main cast people be bit by a walker in a super long time. And this would have been a great place to have one of our main cast characters be bitten by a walker. But Lydia is not that character because she lived her whole life in a walker herd. There is no way Lydia would have done the things that happened in this sequence because if she really wanted to keep with the little boyfriend, she would have done what Fantastical Beasts did and step off the thing and followed him along. But they needed somebody to get bitten and somebody decided it should be her. I'm a little confused as to why she got bit anyway, because she's still covered in gore. She's making fucking noise. That's, you know. Because she's going, oh, oh, oh. Okay, uh, that might work if we have one of our smarter zombies there, but even for a normal zombie, she's still covered in gore. Well, they bit her in the not stinky part. Well, yeah, that was con- <laughs> that was convenient. It, yeah, no, it's it's a really really dumb scene. And folks, we generally watch this show with our microphones muted, but we will turn them on to sit there and say things like oh god this is so dumb and this was one of those moments where it was just like dustin's going no <laughs> she's she's she was blinded by dick because was... there was no other reason just she wanted her boyfriend and she fucking lost her head for 15 seconds and ended up paying a terrible price oh, for right it. She's a teenager they're they're stupid so aaron and jerry have to cut off her arm so now she is lost a lot of blood and she's uh, got a big hole in her body. And uh, we don't know what we're going to do about that. Everybody's covered in fucking zombie shit. No, yeah. no infection to worry about. There's honestly. no way that that sword was clean enough to cut off that arm. There oh. is no way. And she wakes up from that really, really quick. And she's like, hey, guys, how's it going? I know. Okay, she's in shock, you guys. She is not conscious. She is, is, and she's got a fever from the infection. And I mean, oh, yeah, she's just like. 
You guys act like you never licked off a knife to do a self-surgery. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's what you have a lighter for. Oh, so you can Everybody's burn. got a Leatherman that's got a little spit on it. I just, um, <laughs> it's, this, just like this show, all the, all the skulls in this universe are made of jello. Everyone's got amazing recuperative powers from serious trauma. I mean, nobody. That is a, that is a, that is a, a trope that is, is uh, important to storytelling though. Because if everybody in the fucking Avengers who got slammed against the wall suffered spinal and neck trauma, then, then the world would be run by the crawl. Well, the yeah. Crawl. I mean, how, how many action movies has somebody been shot and they just spring back up instead of lying on the ground screaming in agony? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, there's no painkillers, right? So she not only is she awake, which when she shouldn't be, she's not sitting there just whimpering in agony. Right. Anyway, Jerry decides he is going to go, I guess, look for the people that... <laughs> he doesn't seem happy about it. Yeah, it's not a great plan. It's a they bad are plan. doing Jerry dirty. They're putting him in danger so they can kill him off. Uh, you know, uh, fingers, I don't like it. fingers crossed you know he did say it would be he was he's he was look the oh, fucking I hate it when writers do this too when they when they uh, are going to use an idiom but they change it to try to be try to be cool so uh -huh. instead of saying piece of cake he goes piece of cobbler and you know in his defense everybody fucking knows that cobbler is way better than cake there is no cake every genre fan knows that the cake is alive it is and well, it's, a, it's a convenient fabrication but they also give us this terrible terrible line for him to say if we okay they are trying to make us think that characters are going to die some of them we know are not going to die so it's pointless but with characters like jerry when they say something like see you on the other side that is a my character is about to die exit line yeah very much is yes and it is not subtle in any way shape or form and it's as somebody who wants to see jerry make it to the end of the show uh he's got a cute little wife and, and a lot of babies right and plans and he's fun he's a neat character we've he's been very fun to be around this in as long as he's been on the show this is uh, i mean they succeed they make us worry about jerry's survival because they set it up it's like mm -hmm. oh, oh, oh look at this guy he's got a target isn't it a nice target it's right over his head it's like oh god you guys fine right. and jerry honestly jerry has been they they love to do this. They love to put Jerry in danger because they know we love Jerry. This is not the first time they've put Jerry in an unwinnable situation. Didn't they try and feed him to walkers in a cave one time? Yeah, well, they they it's like two or three different times they've sat there with, hey, do you guys like Jerry? Do you? Cool. Come here, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> so Jerry fucks off. Right. The walkers get to the perimeter, and since nobody is paying any attention, they're just like, hey, here's the walkers, just right on schedule. 
they're too flabbergasted when they start seeing walkers climbing on shit, which is like, okay, you gotta like be real gentle with this walkers can do new stuff stuff because you don't want to make it seem like nobody's ever seen it before. That's why what I liked about the way they kind of introduced it was, well, we've all seen walkers do this thing, this thing, and this thing. I guess it's possible that they could also do this thing. Maybe one or two of them could do, but it's like now we've got all sorts, like there's six or seven walkers in episode that can do fantastical things like grab onto the back of a jeep and pull themselves in or climb up a like one of those steel girder things like that you need actual physical dexterity to climb up like i couldn't climb up that thing and that walker was able to do i'm pretty sure you could probably manage as a corpse you would be fine once again, as you know, because sound doesn't work in the world of the Walking Dead, there is no way the walker got to the top of that guard tower without making noise that that guy, guy could could hear. There is that's just not a thing. I'm maybe I'm sorry. That's his, just maybe he had his beats on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he had earbuds in. It's his own damn fault. He died stupid. But wait, this is the scene where we actually get to see the hand of the writer on screen because as he's being killed by the walker he's waving his arm around and he hits the open the gates button (laughs) and it's like wow the authors on this episode are magali lozano eric mountain and kevin uh now i don't know which one of them's hand we actually saw in that scene but it's one of these three it could have been none of them it could have been none of them because, because uh, the, uh, uh, my friend who's a, he, he worked in Hollywood for a long time as a writer, he told me kind of how this works. Uh, you're a writer on a show and you're contractually obligated. Uh, they're contractually obligated to give you credit for so many, so many episodes. You m- might not have had anything to do with the episode that you were credited for. That's fair, but I'll tell you what, their also, names are listed here, so I'm blaming one of the three of them. Yeah, well, that, that's fine. They can take responsibility. Ultimately, the, re- the responsibility lies with the showrunner, but whatever. Right. That's true, and, and Greg like, Nicotero should know better. Probably in the room. Like, these dudes were in the room when this was written. Because okay. my friend, Angel, yeah. I have a friend who's a screenwriter who works in TV too. And, and she said like, she got a real, her first big, her first big credit was on Teen Wolf. And when we saw her name, we were like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. And, and she was like, yeah, I, I was in the room and I was primarily like, this story was my, primarily my story, but I was not like, you know, it was, yeah. it was so collaborative, you know, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so the walkers okay and again that dude's the only guy up there he's the only one on the wall so that nobody could be like oh i guess we could just go and let me just let me I, i'm sorry you're dead but let me close this gate real quick because um there's people in here we need to protect those people it's because there's only five soldiers in the entire place i mean and i think it's the same five soldiers in every scene uh which is right. again the walking dead the walking dead has never had a good, done a good job of showing the number of people in any settlement 
that makes any sense um if they if they pull out you'll see the the, the most of the buildings in the commonwealth are just a facade with braces on the oh, back sure. <laughs> right <laughs> well okay but then here comes again i do not believe this character for a second for a second so uh the the lackey, the second in command woman, comes into uh, Pamela's office, and she's like, "the the gates have been breached. We need to I we need to figure out a plan. Here's kind of what I'm thinking we should do." And and Pamela goes, "Fall back. We're going to protect the estates. Send the walkers into the lower districts where the people live, so that they can eat those people and buy us some time." And the lady's like, wait a minute, that's a death sentence for thousands, for hundreds of thousands of people, for millions and millions. And <laughs> Pamela's like, I don't care, do what I said to do. And this lady doesn't go, oh, this is what Mercer was trying to stop and pop that lady right the forehead she goes yes ma'am and goes out even though it has been established that these shotly soldiers are all lower district people that are doing this job just like they're getting paid shit and like there's no fucking way there's no fucking way we'll find out how that goes down next week though well, but we we skipped over the fact that at this point Mercer has been arrested. Oh yeah, we did. Oh yeah, because Pamela's like, ah ha ha! I am on to your plan. You think you can stand against me? Boah ha 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 ha! And Mercer does the good right thing, tells his men to put their weapons down. But ah, yeah, the idea that that. All of these ordinary soldiers are going to sit there and make it easy for the walkers to eat their friends and family is just so dumb. But they do it. At least that's what we start to see. Yeah, because um, the people, our trained people, Daryl and Carol and Judith and all of them are now getting into, like they're going to where they're supposed to meet uh Merce. Oh, we skipped over the Eugene stuff. That was so good. Yes. Yeah, so, okay, go, so go ahead. We're so conf I'm so fucking confused by the, this episode anyway, because because the, the, the story structure was just like it was kind of Tetris, but a losing game of Tetris. It was a kind of it kind of bounced around quite stacked a bit. up a lot and, and it just kept stacking and stacking and it didn't fit all together real nice. Well, we're trying to cram a ton of information into these last two episodes, right? So a lot of things have to happen for us to get to an end. But the the scene, the, the most important part of the scene with Eugene is that for the first time inside this safe house, he actually uses the peephole in the door. At no other point when people are knocking on the door to the safe house, does anyone look through the peephole? They open the door because they want to die, I guess. Um, but finally, as they're doing room by room searches, yeah. Eugene's like, oh yeah, there's this 
there's this people on the door i can see who's on the other side and that's why there's nobody on the on the on the perimeter fence because everybody's been directed to go do these room to room searches because the whole reason that these these zombies are here right now is so that they could clear the streets and do room to room searches for eugene that's it right but because these soldiers are complete morons it's one soldier searching on their own apparently in the entire building because again there's a hell of a lot of noise made and nobody comes to rescue this poor soldier who doesn't check behind he does not check the corners of the room guys <laughs> it's his first day tim or it's that or Larry starling made the same mistake she didn't check the corner in her training she was a trainee yeah this is it, it's that or he's she like should one have week away never been in the field well i mean you know these guys are basically just police officers and believe me police maybe shouldn't be in the field a lot of the times they it just, just it, know. it just yeah. doesn't make any sense to me given what we know about mercer that all of these soldiers are so bad but luckily for anyway. luckily for eugene he gets the dumbest song. Oh, but it's so good because Eugene unlocks the door and hides behind it. And when the guy comes in, he just take, like, knocks him down and punches him out. And it's like, yay, Eugene. Good for you, buddy. And then when he goes, he goes to Union Station where everyone else is being ambushed and he like knocks out another soldier and like is it helps free our people like free the guys and it's like good for you buddy way to go uh but anyway so so it's a trap when the, when when all the people from the train get into union station there are black like black ops soldiers there waiting a group of people a group of soldiers we've never seen before waiting well to take them out we might have, except that they're dressed in civilian clothes, so we wouldn't recognize them anyway. Right. They're secret services. Oh, we forgot to mention the guy who, way back a million years ago, the, the young soldier who was like, Pamela, you have to listen to me. The world has gone wrong, who got disappeared and kicked off the whole thing about disappeared people. They find him in the camp last episode, and they're like, come join us. And I'm like, they are this kid is like got a target painted on him so big because they're all like it's so good to see you this is great we're all happy to be reunited with you character who appeared in one episode 12 years ago and <laughs> and you know you seem really nice and it's good that you're getting a second chance and have hope for the future he's just got a target painted on him but <sighs> So I mean, and, I, and I love the way that he when he he's because he's like the first guy to, of our guys to get killed by walking into the main lobby of the place, going this way, everyone, and then he is just like riddled with bullets. <laughs> and Pamela decides she wants to be involved in this for some reason, and so she gets herself a gun too, and like like goes to start shooting people and she's going to shoot Negan and Judith runs out and pushes him out of the way and uh, saves him. I thought it was Norman. I thought no, I, I think it's, because... it's a little confusing because there's a whole the, the, the way this whole thing is shot 
Uh, they, it's a lot of quick cuts. Um, I honestly thought it was Maggie, but in any event, Judith saves, somebody, Judith saves someone and gets shot for her trouble. And gets shot in the process. And, and the one thing that uh, Governor Annie Lennox cannot stand is when she shoots a kid. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. because she, she has a moment of, oh my goodness, whatever have I done? And then and, she does what every narcissist does and says, this is all your fault. Mm -hmm. You did this. You no. make me do this. No. What they want you to think here is that there is a chance that Judith will die. That's what they They're want you to not think. Gonna... They, nobody who was watching this show, who has watched this show ever, went, oh no, they're going to kill Judith. No one. Everybody was like, that baby's fine. Hey, come on, every time. That every baby. Time they cut to her, I was like, keeping please this. Turn. Please turn. <laughs> yeah. Keeping this kid alive has been the plot of the fucking show. <laughs> she was born on the show and the whole time ever since it's been how are we going to keep judith from dying they're not going to kill that baby which it's is a little bit chicken shit if you're going to give us this kind of scene yeah and i mean honestly if okay judith is not going to die kids if you've not seen the episode Judith is not going to die. You're going to be okay. It's all. It's fine. But if they were brave enough to kill Judith off, that would be just stunning. And and and, and again, brave. They're not going to do it though. Right. There's no way because they need to manipulate us in a really really worse way. Because after our heroes survive being riddled by machine Escape. guns, hiding yeah. behind things that cannot protect you from bullets, there's a whole lot of really thin wood, which is saving our heroes a lot. Um, but anyway, Daryl is carrying her as they discover they're trapped, right? Because our, the Commonwealth soldiers are pinning them in so that the zombies can eat the lower classes. Well, and yeah. <laughs> And they're just now, now the people breaking in are just like secondary because what they're trying to do is, you know, divert the walkers to eat all the rabble. Our characters don't know this first, though. They're like, we're pinned in. And it's like, they're ignoring us. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that not good. Really, that was really funny. Who, who said that? Somebody noticed, was like, they're not paying any attention to us. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember, but it was, it was, it was like, that was a nice moment. And as was Negan, when Negan first saw, the walker climbing that fence the look on his face was like wait no and he literally said i mean so the version of the show that we watch is the one that actually has all the swearing in it i think for for the regular broadcast amc stuff some of this stuff still gets beeped out but we actually got negan going what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> and i was like yep that's the appropriate reaction so they're trapped by walkers. They're penned in. Judith is clearly meant to be moments away from dying. And so she looks up at Daryl 
<laughs> says, Daddy? Yeah. And I was like, okay. And I was like, so. fuck you, Daryl. Tell her you're not her dad. <laughs> no, no. It's the fact. I mean, uh, no, here's here's the thing, Curtis. Daryl, like, Michonne hasn't been on the show in three years. She, Judith has no recollection of her actual father. Daryl is her father, as far as as far as she would be concerned. <laughs> I mean, I she wouldn't she no. If she had not been calling him daddy, she absolutely would not have called him daddy. But well, I would have liked more of a black dynamite moment where he's where he's like, oh, shut up, little kid. Everybody's named Black Dynamite. <laughs> it's a very manipulative moment. Yeah. Well, it's like when after in uh, after uh, Avengers Endgame, not Endgame. Um, what's the one where they all Infinity died? Where they were all snapped after Infinity Wars. When people were like, "What was I am Groot saying when he was being snapped?" And he's because he looks at he looks at Rocket and says, "I am Groot," and and uh, somebody was like, "He that's who, he said dad." That's what it was supposed to think. Like Judith is is in the arms of the of the man, the father figure of her life, and says, "Daddy." Again, yes. because we're we're supposed to think that that there's a chance Judith is going to die. So let's tug your let's reach out, grab hold of your heartstring with the whole hand, and go pluck. <laughs> People say people. I think people might uh, our our fan might get the idea that we're uh, that that maybe I didn't enjoy this show. I enjoyed this week's episode. I'm just not. Calm. But okay, no, <laughs> and and this honestly, this episode when compared to the episodes that have preceded it in this leg of this season is probably the worst one. Yeah. Because yeah, the it does all those things that we hate, especially convenient things are convenient. Yeah. And, you know, that is, and this whole thing, and, or telegraphing who's going to die and, you know, trying to force emotional moments and all that stuff. So that is just but. the way it's, it is. And we don't. Even though it was a good episode, and even though, like I said, it it was really, I really did like 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 that. It was like, oh, <laughs> these guys kind of got one over on our guys. Maybe this is not going to be the easiest thing in the world to to stop. But again, the only reason that it's not the easiest thing in the world is because people are acting like pe- they're doing things people would never do. I think part of it also felt this episode felt very rushed even though we had lots of moments for people to have conversations about important things, and I'm air quoting important things. I mean, the Negan and, and Ezekiel scene was really good, but it, there's a lot of stuff crammed into this episode because it's, we got one more. We got to wrap all this up in, you know, an hour. So it's, it's overstuffed for what they did. Yeah. <laughs> and some of these scenes really draw attention to the fact that, the Commonwealth should have been overrun years ago because they only have five soldiers. Yeah. And one of them just got eaten on the wall. Right. <laughs> the four. Well, and <laughs> for me, it's, 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 it's a little bit, just a little bit, not nearly as bad as, as 
what's her name leah's group of those soldiers oh yeah remember they're not as as bad as those guys because those guys were literally the dumbest yeah because that kind of for me it's like okay we have to remember that we're nine years in and this woman and her family would not still be if they're trying i mean it would be another group of people in power or i don't know i just I, it doesn't i don't know maybe this is not i don't want to no. have this thought i'm going to pull a curtis do i don't have, i'm not having this thought anymore yeah no but what you're what you're leading up to even though you don't want to is the fact that the villains of the walking dead series with rare exceptions are all pretty stupid right the vast I, majority I just don't feel of our like antagonists this woman could have been this manipulative to this many people where they wouldn't have realized in nine years lance was really good at his job yeah <laughs> they got they disappeared dissidents real easy real good it's a shame he's all dead and stuff oh well disappeared him, disappeared him real good with the just yeah black but i mean it, the walking well, dead. when they when when mercer says yeah if you can get those prisoners here then we'll have legal basis to depose the the governor annie lennox i was like fucking don't do that i don't want to see that well i'm not rooting for that mercer's problem is that mercer is well and this is this is a problem for the fact that all the soldiers are so damn inept mercer is a good man trying to do the right thing he's effective efficient and a good leader which is why all of his soldiers are idiots doesn't make any sense with that but he's an example of the guy trying to do the right thing at the expense of doing the thing right. Right. He's devoted to law and not justice. And that's, that's there. You can have characters who are like that. There are plenty of characters like that. And they have a place in the story, sure. But he also lives in this world. He lives in he lives in the world where he goes out there with his soldiers and kills zombies. He knows this world is dangerous. Yeah, it's 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 a shame because Mercer is a good character. And some of this stuff just draws attention to some of the ways he's not necessarily written as well as he could be. Right. Anyway, so that's basically it. They escape from they escape into the horde of walkers and are running around trying to find a place to put little Judith so that she doesn't uh, bleed out or whatever. They're apparently close to the clinic that Ezekiel. Uh, that's Ezekiel's clinic, yeah. and so. But the last thing we see is In the veterinary op. Yeah, that Daryl and and Judith have been separated from everyone else. So clearly, yeah, everyone else is going to die, and Daryl and Judith are going to be the only ones left by the time this is done. That's that's no, that's not what's happening. But one more, one more, guys. I'm excited about it. I'm excited. I'm thinking I'm gonna be. I might. Like, I might buy a a bottle of sparkling wine to toast the final episode. We can we can have we can have drinks on the final episode. Why not? Toast toast the show, and then we will do something else until every time I try and leave, they drag me back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. What'd you guys think? If you could, did you guys like this episode? Are you excited about the final episode here? Are you enjoying this final season of The Walking Dead? Let us know. You can find us on the social medias 
You can find us on Patreon. We have a Patreon account. Look up Zompocalypse Now. You can help us out if should you feel so inclined. You can leave us a rating on the various podcast things. Uh, iTunes is the one that people tend to track. So if you give us a rating, a comment on, on iTunes, that would be fantastic. Uh, a, a nice one, please. We're open to criticism, but good ratings are better than low ratings, of course. Uh, check out our sponsor, theoutbreakchallenge.com. Uh, you can use the code zombie run to save 15% off. It's a fitness app that uh, basically involves you running and fighting from the zombie hordes. And uh, it's a lot of fun. And it's a nice way to, you know, do health related things and still have fun um, fighting zombies, you know, like, like you do. And we'll see what the final episode of the walking dead brings us. Gentlemen, it's always a pleasure. I don't know. If I, guess, I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I completely confused you, didn't I? Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Thank ah. you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. I got a great idea. Mm. If we want to change our format or whatever, let's just get canceled. Let's say some fucked up shit and see if anybody notices. And then we're off the hook. And we can go and we can go do whatever the fuck we want and not be canceled there. Our our punishment would be to continue the show. <laughs> you think people are that fucking mean? Yes. Oh man. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm I'm all these I'm, people that we don't care about or I've I've never paid any attention to ever said something crazy. I guess we could just continue to not care about them or pay any attention to them ever. That's true. Here, let me let me start. All these women on this show. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap. Oh, my God. <laughs> thank you, Tim. Oh, thank you, folks, for listening. We'll see you on our next episode, the final episode of The Walking Dead show. Finally, after all this time. We'll see you on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved. <laughs>